You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Wednesday episode. As always, our guest, Mr. Nick Winkler on another Winky Wednesday at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker, and at Bay Area Wink. We are going to get Wink's thoughts on the loss to the Green Bay Packers this weekend. Turn the page to the Seattle Seahawks in week four. And there is another brand new 49er. Could there be some other 49ers that have yet to be Signed all that on today's program. And now let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wink, what's happening, man? Uh, how you feeling about the loss to the the Green Bay Packers that have become a, a pretty good rival for the 49ers again like they were in the 90s? So many games, two games a couple years ago on the way to the Super Bowl. The Packers with a little payback here, and I think there's definitely something going on with the coaches of those two teams. LaFleur and Shanahan have a little thing, right? Did you see that exchange at midfield? Yeah, or lack of exchange. It was right. just kind of like, yeah, like walk by, don't even make eye contact, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're cool behind the scenes, though. But they, they got to play this up. This is going to be a big thing for a long time. I don't know. I, th- I think it's I think it's for real. They don't like each other. Also, just during the game, Croc and I talked about this on the Monday podcast. They were both miserable. They were both yeah. pissed off the entire game. Like, they were not happy about anything. And I guess LaFleur was probably somewhat happy once the game was finally over and he got the W. But he was upset the whole time. Every time they flashed to the sideline, they were MFing somebody. Yeah, it's funny. You know, you asked how I was feeling about the game, and obviously not good. You don't want your team to lose, but it was a great football game. Like, you suck. You hate that you fall down 17 nothing. you know, with this conservative play calling and nothing really working. But then, you know, then Kyle shows he's got a pair right before the half, right? And he goes for it there, right? His time's about to expire. They get the touchdown. Trent Williams, you know, just shoving people like their little boys out of the way to get a touchdown like that was a lot of fun to see and then the second half was super entertaining another comeback you take the lead with 36 seconds left and then one of the best quarterbacks who's ever played the game he beats you like this is my i got a little stink going right now because guys 49er fans chill like this you're not gonna win all 17 games like this was a great football game it's a good football team that came in and beat you that they beat you straight up like you can't blame the refs. I mean, yeah, there were some ticky-tack calls here and there. There's some non-holding calls. Haven't been called on the 49ers. You know, their D-line getting held every single game. Just something you should be used to. But I got, I, I had to tune out Twitter the last couple of days because it's just like everybody's just like, this is the end of the world. Oh, my God. Trey, Trey Lance needs to get in there and be the savior. It's like, relax. It's an Aaron Rodgers relax moment. It really is. It's yeah. like, this is a good football team. They showed it again. This is a good football team. Banged up. The one thing we were all concerned about going into the season was a secondary. It's banged up even more after this game. So these were concerns that we saw coming in. The running back room also banged up. Like, these these aren't surprises to us, guys. Like, it's been happening, and it's happening again. Deal with it. Move on. You got Seattle coming to town. Like, relax. Look forward. Croc- I, I don't, yeah, I don't know how good this team is yet it kind of reminds me a little bit of last season when you go and you dominate the jets right they Mm. weren't very good you go you dominate the uh the new york giants they weren't very good and the 49ers started off two and one last year lost to a good team now the difference is obviously you have jimmy garoppolo you have your starting quarterback but most people think he's part of the reason i you know that the 49ers lost and that the start hasn't been great from uh 
the eye test, right? Like the eye test just says there's something quite not right. Um, I'm not willing to hit the panic button yet. Like a lot of 49er fans that we've seen on social media and uh, just ready to just fire everybody, fire uh, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan, fire uh, D'Amico Ryans, demote uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not there yet. I'm willing to like kind of like let this thing play out a little bit. Let's see if the 49ers can kind of get in the rhythm and we can find out who they are. And there are no better tests than these next two weeks. Yeah. You yeah, know, you're exactly right. Croc, we haven't talked a lot about that with D'Amico Ryans and the play calling. What do you think, especially end of game play calling, that's where he's getting killed. Were they too soft? Did they let too much happen? Did the safeties play too far back? Were the linebackers too far up? That's the one I've seen a lot. And I know uh, post-game, just being the, the guy he is and the captain that he is, Fred Warner said, if it's on anybody, it's on me. And there was that wonderful pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's just good players playing good. And it was just over the outstretched fingertips of Fred Warner over the middle of the field. Do you have gripes with play calling from D'Amico Ryan so far in three games, especially at the end of that last game? No. I mean, <laughs> I, I think obviously, you know, you would like the execution to be better. But sometimes, again, and we've talked about it, when you have the great players on the other side, sometimes they just make a play. We've seen it in the Super Bowl, right? When it's like, what what could you have done better? Well, I think you can kind of pick it and be like, well, this guy should have done this. But that wasp play in the Super Bowl, right? Third and 15. Patrick Mahomes dropped back 20 yards and just let the ball go to uh, Tariq Hill all the way downfield who got the safety turned around. Like, sometimes guys just make plays. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, he's just somebody that's extremely difficult to stop. What could you have done better? I mean, I don't I don't know. It, it, you know, like, it's easy to say it in hindsight. Like, oh, uh Fred Warner, you could drop back a little bit more. Like you could right. drop back one more foot and you could knock that ball down or pick it off. But when it's happening fast like that, and I, I would say this, and this is what I do on Madden in this type of situation. When you when you're facing a, a guy and that like, they have no timeouts, right? They have no timeouts and they have to drive the length length of the field. I'd probably blitz. I'd probably send five or six guys. And a lot of times I do that on Madden. I do like this zero blitz sometimes to make the quarterback get the ball out of his hands right now. Now, the issue with that is, you saw what happened to the Raiders last year against the Jets. They did a zero blitz from midfield, throw a bomb to Henry Ruggs, touchdown. So it's a little dangerous, but you want to dictate what the offense does. You don't want it the other way around. Then, right. You know, but I, I don't know what the right answer is. And I don't know if there is a right answer when you're facing, you know, somebody that's good like that. Sometimes they just they just make a play. Yeah. I think in the last one, they're definitely a little bit deep. The safeties were you're backing up so hard when they don't need that many yards. And and I understand, OK, let them catch it in front and tackle them to start those 37 seconds. But when they're already getting that close to field goal range, you can't live, leave that big of a void. But if you're D'Amico Ryans, you also have seen what happened at cornerback to your team. And you got mm -hmm. Dante Johnson out there and uh, you like you're not just going to man up because, you know, they have. They have Devontae Adams, and you're not just going to man him up and say, okay, go to town, let's go, go ahead and beat us, because they, they probably will beat you like, like that too. So I don't know, uh, to your point, Croc, I think maybe there wasn't a right answer. Yeah, and you know, one of the most infuriating things to me uh, watching this game afterwards, and you know, I hopped on Twitter, obviously, uh, before I kind of deleted it for two days, where the people that are like, you chick should have gone down at the one. It's like, you don't know if you're going to score from the one, like, you gave 36 seconds to the other team and they needed to go, the, you know, 35, 40 yards in order to make it happen. Like you said it, Croc, 
the, I don't think the play calling was that horrible. They just needed better execution. It's a game of inches. If Fred Warner's one step further back, he deflects that ball, and you probably win that football game. You know, if, if somebody's not held, you know, rushing Rodgers, you probably get a sack, and the football game's over. So it, it just got beat. Like that's it. Yeah, and it, it, there's hindsight in all of it too. You know, it's like right. you have a split second if you're use check or you're just trying to score if you're the 49ers there and uh, it's just like some of the hits like they showed the Jimmy Ward hit on Devontae Adams and they keep showing it slow motion in every single angle and it's always going to look terrible like that but when you right. play it in in full speed and you have the angle that the ref has maybe maybe it didn't look like anything there and by the way <laughs> he popped up and was back in the game two plays later so right. it's either a flag and he's in concussion protocol or it was Shoulder and chest, and he's back in the game two plays later. So maybe that shouldn't have been a flag, right, Croc? One play later, he missed yeah. one play. Yeah, one play. That's pretty amazing. All right, we, we got to talk about the latest transaction for the 49ers Buster Screen, a brand new cornerback, a slot variety coming to Santa Clara. We'll go to our DB expert, Eric Crocker, to find out who this guy is, what he's going to do for the 49ers defense, and uh, what other transactions might come along with it next. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You probably learned a little something over the early part of the 2021 NFL season about some teams. Maybe you feel confident that you want to bet on some NFL spreads you see week to week. Over-unders, MVPs, Rookie of the Year. There are a number of different things you can bet on when it comes to the NFL, college football. There are odds, props, contests, uh, an updated site interface, and Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. You can find news at betonline.ag. If you don't want to bet on the NFL, there is basketball, boxing, baseball, Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available this year season and use promo code locked on to get a welcome bonus bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts all right nfl fans there's an app out there that everybody needs to know about especially those of you who get gas which is probably most of you especially those driving in the mornings listening to their favorite podcasts and our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents cash back on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. All right, Croc, Buster Screen's been in the league since 2011, bounced around a little bit, 5'9", 187 pounds. He's a slot guy, right? And with the injury, the calf injury, I think it's supposed to be a strained calf, but if you're bringing a player in, that sounds to me like Kwan Williams is probably going to be 
put on IR, which would mean they open up that roster spot for screen. Now you've got Lenore, who replaced K1 during the game at nickel corner. Is this Lenore's job? And then screen's now your backup coming in uh, just in case? Or do you think they brought in Buster Screen to be the starting nickel and leave Lenore as sort of a, a backup outside and inside? I would think Lenore would come in, but he's kind of like the jack of all trades right now, right? Like they needed him at the end of the game to play outside. And maybe that's why you make a move like this is, is Josh Norman going to be healthy enough to play in the game? If right. Josh Norman's not going to start, then I'm pretty sure it would be Lenore. And that's when you would need a guy like Buster Screen to come in and play. What is, uh, what, what, what's the skill set? What are we talking about here with Buster Screen? Is he just like your standard undersized slot guy, a little scrappy, maybe, maybe a little underspeeded? Uh, but but can make some plays and maybe uh, blitz a little bit, maybe uh, despite his size, come downhill and tackle a running back? Yeah, definitely your kind of typical nickel guy. I mean, he, he was a guy who made some money. I believe he started his career with the Browns, I think it was. That is correct, And yeah. he ended up going to the Jets and making some decent money, wearing number 41. I don't know, another guy that wore that number. But um, strong number or number 41 for the Jets. And I think he was just kind of regular. Then he went and played for like the Bears and things like that. But I think in this situation right now, like you, there's not a big move that you can make for a nickel guy or even like an outside guy as well. So um, this is another one of those moves where I don't feel one way or the other. It's just you need a guy. You went and got a nickel guy. Um, pretty sure Lenore is going to start unless he has to play outside. Wink, uh, what about Richard Sherman? I, if if Norman doesn't play, they need help outside as well. Sherman in Tampa this week to visit the Buccaneers. Who knows, by Wednesday morning when everyone's listening to this podcast, he might have signed with the Bucks. But if not, would you give him a plane ticket to fly to, to uh, Santa Clara to work out for the 49ers? Do they even need to work him out? They know who Richard Sherman is. Maybe see what kind of shape he's in. I heard he lost 10 pounds. I think he kind of beefed up a little bit last year. I heard... He's uh, uh, or he's down about 10 pounds, maybe moving a little better. He's healthy because he hasn't taken any hits yet this year. What do you think about Richard Sherman coming back to the 49ers? Yeah, you got to wonder if maybe there's some bad blood there or something. You know, like maybe he didn't like the way last season ended, uh, how the offseason kind of went, because how, how is this guy not already in camp? How is this guy not already in the locker room right now filling this huge gap that the 49ers had? You know, it's... I don't understand it. There's got to be more to it because, you know, his football set was solid. You know, the last time we saw him on football field, it wasn't great. It wasn't, you know, the best he's ever done, but it's better than any of these other guys they got right now. So, yeah, I, I think there's got to be a little more to it because how do you not bring in Richard Sermon right now? Yeah, yeah, I would have thought Sherman had been a great guy to have while you're developing two rookie cornerbacks, yeah. too. And, and it's specifically help Ambry Thomas, who was inactive. And it's like, when's the third rounder going to see the field for the 49ers? And, and they might really need him to step up. So uh, he's somebody, obviously, that knows the defense. And I know it's D'Amico Ryan's defense now, but I'm, you know he knows D'Amico. And I'm sure uh, everything's still the same as far as calls and all that goes. So it shouldn't take long for him. Maybe he needs to get in game shape. But he should be able to jump in and, and even play snaps the first week if you did sign a guy like that and I'm kind of surprised they didn't go after Sherman instead of Norman originally which tells me maybe that they weren't that interested in Sherman or maybe that Sherman might be asking for more money than the 49ers either mm. have or are willing to give up but I think that the Bucks are in a similar cap situation anyway so I'm not sure if that's the deterrent and I don't think Sherman's going to get a ton at this point from anybody I have a little bit of pushback on the whole like veteran thing with Rich Sherman and coming in and being a teacher to the younger guys because you look around the 49ers secondary, all those guys are veterans now. 
right? Like Jimmy Ward, he's played several years in the NFL, Tart as well. Even Emmanuel Mosley, he spent multiple years with Rich Sherman. So I kind of just look at that whole thing. Like, you, you know, Dante Johnson, he's been in the league a ton. They There's all the experience for an Ambry Thomas and a Diamondo Lenore is in that room right now. It's on the rookies to really take in what exactly it is that they're teaching. So, and I mean, you know, being around uh, Richard Sherman for what, three years with all of those guys have, I, I think they should have picked up a lot to be able to teach some of these younger guys. No, that's a great point. And someone like Dante Johnson can go through reps and be like, uh, so, hey, Ambry, don't do what I just did. You know, <laughs> well, this, this, and this is the thing. Sometimes guys like Dante Johnson, who, I mean, he, he was actually uh, physically gifted, but a lot of times, save me, I can teach very well because there's a lot of things that like, well, I had to do this. I couldn't cut corners. I had to do it this way. I had to, you know, work my technique, things like that. And then I can look at a guy like Emory Thomas, where it's like, man, you have all this ability, you know, you should be able to do this X, Y, Z. So there will be people that poke fun at, the fact that like a Dante Johnson would be teaching somebody, but a lot of times those are the best guys to learn from because they weren't as like, just like a Richard Sherman. He wasn't the most athletic guy. So he's a good person to learn from because he had to win a different way. Right. And there's the old saying, if those who can't do teach. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and the thing about Dante Johnson too, is he must be doing something right. He must be pretty smart. He must be a good locker room right. guy if he's stuck around so long and, and they keep bringing him back and bringing him back and bringing him back. So, and he was actually, yeah, pretty, Pretty solid height, weight, speed. Six I mean, two, two hundred. Yeah, yeah, he was a yeah, he was, he was a big guy. So I don't know. I mean, the 49ers got to stop getting hurt at corner. That's really what it boils <laughs> down to. Because or Amy Thomas has to be ready to play at some point, and and maybe it's just gonna have to be, uh, you know, trial by fire for him. He's just gonna have to get in there and play, and, and maybe get beat a few times. And you'd hate to see that against the Seahawks and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, but um, that's yeah, it's a tough situation for the 49ers to be in. And I, I hearing about the injury to Norman, I don't see how he could play this week. But the, mm-hmm. maybe maybe he will. I don't know. That's uh, it's it's crazy. Life in the NFL is crazy. And I know, Croc, you said you kind of skated when you played football, and you didn't have that many big time injuries. But like, could you imagine getting hurt one Sunday and have internal bleeding in your lungs and being like, okay, I'm cool next Sunday and playing in a football game? Man, I mean, those guys. They're, they're tough. I heard, I remember hearing John Middlecoff talk about like how he stubbed his toe and how it put him out of commission <laughs> and like how NFL guys, you know, just play through stuff like that all the time. You know, you just go to the doctor and make you pull your pants down a little bit, get that shot in the butt. Yeah, and, it's uh, all about you don't that shot thing in the butt. for an entire game. Yeah. See, I didn't have that shot in the butt. One of the buddies on my softball team said uh, he got knocked out of the game because his wife left the dishwasher door open. And then he whacked his ankle on it, and mm-hmm. that knocked him out for at least one week. Uh, but he didn't have that 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 shot in the butt. He didn't have the access to uh, the good drugs that they have in the NFL to keep going. Winky had a thought about something there. Yeah, it was actually a totally off topic. It was just something I just thought about. Um, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Alex Mack came in, right? He, he's this great center. He's leader on that line. I'm concerned about his snapping ability. Is it just me? Have you guys been talking about this? I mean, there's been two bad shotgun snaps. There was the very first snap of the season that was a fumble. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up, but I feel I'm a little bit concerned about that going forward. I take the snapping out of it. I'm concerned about his ability right now. He he was bad 
on Sunday night. He was beat all over the place by Kenny Clark. And Kenny Clark's been the best player on the, the Packers' defensive line and maybe the second best player on their entire defense, top three at least on their defense this year. He's been really good, but Mack was not good at all. He was getting beat in the middle. Uh, Brunskill, not great. I mean, like, I'd say that the defensive tackles on the 49ers with how much depth they had and how good we thought they were going to be in the first rounder from last year, Kinlaw in there. I think the interior of both lines specifically, both lines in total have been a disappointment, but I think the interior especially have been a disappointment so far this year. I know you're not talking trash about my boy Tomlinson though, right? No, 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 not Lincoln Tomlinson. Okay. 75 Phew. is good. 75 is good. He cleaned up the penalties and now he's, he's totally good. But yeah, uh, the, the 49ers, especially against the Packers and it's troubling. And I, and I, we could kind of start this portion of the show with some listener questions. And I, I didn't save this question, but a few people brought it up over the course of Monday night football. The Eagles beat the 49ers up front, both sides of the ball. The 49ers on paper should have beat up on the Packers on both sides of the ball Sunday night, and they did not. Then you see the Cowboys actually beating up on the Eagles for the most part on both sides of the ball, except for Hargrave, who's playing amazing for the Eagles right now. It was a great free agent pickup by them last year. But are the 49ers just flat out worse than we thought? Because that's what everything's adding up. Like They just might not be that good on either line, in which case this is going to be a long season for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, is it a play call situation? And you know they have the talent, right? I mean, is it just too standard, too vanilla? They're just like, let's just rush four guys all day. Let's just, we'll go get them. But but it's just not happening. Croc, I don't know. I I, I don't, I don't think it's the talent, but how could, how much of a difference could D'Amico Ryan's play calling say for the defensive line? For, like, I could see more it with some coverage and you're disguising things, but when you're Nick Bosa and you're lined up against a guy, Nishman, I still don't even know how to pronounce his name right. He's the third string left tackle for the Packers. You should be whipping his butt all night long. And and Bosa did ruin their first drive, but that was about it. And the 49ers weren't winning a ton against him during the course of the game. Croc, uh, like, w- what do you think about the defensive line? Are they just not that good? Or are they starting slow? What's going on here? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with just D Ford and Nick Bosa just getting back into game form. You know, this guy who both of those guys by, by the second half of uh, week two in 2020, they were done for the year. Right. And they didn't really, they had very mi- uh, minimal snaps in training camp. I don't think they had any snaps in preseason. So right now, I mean, we're talking about, you know, two guys who are still working to get in that kind of game shape, game flow, make sure that they got the, you know, the, get the speed down, how fast is the game moving for them. So, I think there could be a little bit of that that's kind of hurting the consistency of their pass rush. All right, I got a couple stats here that I want to drop on you guys in the next segment, and we will go to some listener questions to finish up this Winky Wednesday edition of Locked On 49ers. Cookie Dough Chunk is back at Built.com. If you've never had a Built Bar, you are missing out. A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Not only the newest flavor. It's a new old flavor of cookie dough chunk. They have their original flavors, coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. My personal favorite is anything involving peanut butter because the consistency is just perfect of the built bar. If you're not sure what flavor to get, you can get a mixed box of built bars. 
And check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar, only 130 to 180 calories per bar, depending on the flavor, only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. And for listening to this podcast, you get a very special deal of 15% off at Built.com by using promo code LOCKED15. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Anybody who watched the game knows that Kyle Juszczyk was a big part of the game plan for Kyle Shanahan against the Green Bay Packers. He took the first handoff of the game. Uh, He had the final score of the game for the 49ers. He was used as a runner. He was used as a receiver. But this is interesting. Uh, This is from Ian Harditz on Twitter. Kyle Juszczyk lined up as a true running back for 25 snaps in Week 3. He never had a single game with more than five such snaps from 2019 through the first two weeks of the 2021 season season so basically he was used as a running back 20 or five times more than any other game in the Kyle Shanahan era because I'm sure it the similar usage going back to to when Kyle Juszczyk showed up on the scene for the 49ers and uh, I, I think it was pretty obvious that he was used a lot but I thought that was a pretty telling stat and I know you're a big fan of fullbacks being a former fullback yourself wink so are you all about it like is it time to just unleash the OW or do you want to see more straight up tailback usage I mean, as a fullback guy, you know, you, you know, your limitations, you know, that you're not a running back, you know, you're not, you're not the tailback. Guy. Yeah. You're not the fastest guy on the field. You're tough. You know, you're fast, but you're not the fastest. So when you, when you tell me a stat like that, it worries me a little bit, it, but at the same time, it <laughs> probably tells me that Shanahan knows what he's got. You know, he knew that he had sermon and that, and that's it. You know, he couldn't really go to anybody else in the backfield. He didn't trust anybody probably in pass protection. I mean, how many handoffs did he actually get in that game? You know, it, they didn't run the ball very well. They didn't run the ball very much. So it, it, to me, I liked that he was in there because he was kind of an extra blocker and gave Jimmy a little extra time. But I felt like when he was in there, you knew it was going to be a pass. So it immediately is giving the defense a, a little advantage. Yeah, it's hard to keep you honest when you're not really scared exactly. that the running back's going to gouge you. And th- there were a couple snaps that I, I saw uh, Jimmy in shotgun, and then there was use check on one side and George Kittle in the backfield on the other side. And that probably makes someone like Jimmy Garoppolo feel pretty safe and protected mm-hmm. back there. And you can do some fun things with those two players. But, uh, I mean, it's clear that Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Trey Sermon. But they traded right. up to get him in the third round, and that just kind of boggles my mind. And actually bringing that up, here's another great stat. This from Elias Sports Bureau. The 49ers are the first team since the NFL merger in 1970 to have 11 different players score their first 11 touchdowns of the season. Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Jermichael Hasty, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, Jawan Jennings, Trent Sherfield and Dre Greenlaw. Those are the first wow. 11 touchdowns of the season, all by different players. And none of them named George Kittle, by the way. So um, th- that's a very interesting start to the season. And I don't, th- I think the reason it doesn't happen a lot is because that's not a good stat to have. You know, that's not, <laughs> you're not like, oh man, look how amazing and, and, and how balanced this team is. I don't think you want that stat and I think you want your players like George Kittle or your stars of your team to be on that list a couple of times through three games and scoring touchdowns Croc what do you think about that list of uh, 11 different touchdowns by 11 different players definitely interesting but I mean the whole thing with George Kittle he just has not been somebody that's gotten into the end zone a whole lot yeah I, I, I don't know why you know you look at guys like Travis Kelsey it feels like he's scoring touchdowns every week you know, and Darren Waller, he's t- he's targeted a ton. And he's uh, making plays around the end zone. But George Kittle, 
I think the most touchdowns he's ever caught in the season is like what five. Yeah, I think it's his, in, in, the the style of athlete he is. He's not your traditional tight end like basketball style athlete. He's not an above right. the rim player. He's not super nifty as a route runner in short areas, and, and he's good for a tight end like that. But he's not that style of player. He's more brutish. He's more run after the catch. Um, his, his speed is more straight line ish, and and he has some quickness as compared to tight ends. But he doesn't have that looseness. It's it's similar to I, I always compare Kittle to myself on the basketball court. Because I am tall, and every time I show up on the basketball court, people are like, "Oh, look at this goon! He's the center." But that's not my game. I don't. I'm not that. I just don't have that natural whatever it is inside. Maybe I didn't practice enough as a kid. Like bad footwork. Uh, you know, I'm okay because I because I'm tall and and long, and I can play inside a little bit. But that's never been my strength. I'm better at being like a small forward and kind of running the floor. So if I get a big man on me, I can outrun him up and down the floor. But I can cover guys that are a little smaller. But I can cover guys with some size. But I just don't have that natural inside game and some people have it and some people don't and I, I play with guys who are small that are really good inside for some reason like how do you do that like I, I just don't have that natural ability and George Kittle is kind of like that as a tight end where he just doesn't have that that sort of inside game when it comes to the end zone and, and I think that might be it it's just his the his biomechanics the way he moves is is very different and it's different than even most tight ends I, I always thought that he had to improve as a pure route runner but I think he's done that and his hands too weren't like the most natural hands but I feel like he's improved a, a good amount on both of those things. And he's a terrific route runner. I think he does do well in short areas. But, again, they just have trouble using him in the red zone. And, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, like, this is a team that likes to run the ball. And he's involved in the run blocking down there as well. But he just doesn't get red zone targets. It's really weird. By the way, my basketball career might be over. I played three weeks ago. My knee was swollen for three straight weeks and wouldn't go down. Uh, I saw Ooh. a doctor, got a cortisone shot yesterday. Feeling pretty good, but I might have to retire and just solely play golf and slow-pitch softball. Like the, the, There you go. A little bit safer, a little bit better on the joints. Yes, definitely better on the joints. Old cortisone guy. shot. That's the shot, man. You got it. <laughs> it wasn't in the butt, though. Oh, that's just it's straight in the knee. Right Anyone's butt that's shots. You got to get it in the butt. <laughs> got to get it in the butt, man. Pause. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. How about this one? This is important because you guys talked a lot of trash about your Madden game, and then I haven't heard a peep about it from you guys. Used Goat on Twitter wants to know: Are we going to get a Madden game during the bye week between Crocker and Bay Area Week? That's good. We should do it on Sunday when there would be an actual game. Put it on Twitch, and instead of the 49ers playing that weekend, it'll be Croc versus Wink that weekend, and then we'll break it all down Monday morning. I'm down. As long as you got, you have a new Xbox. I do, but I don't have Madden. All right, I get what? The new Madden. You better get to practice it. You're gonna get destroyed, Wink. Come no, on. No, no, I don't. I don't lose it, Madden. I haven't even played it in like six years. I'll be fine. <laughs> oh. oh, use check. Use check's gonna get a lot of work, Croc. So watch that offensive weapon. Be prepared. I'm gonna put him as quarterback. Fourth and one, let's go. <laughs> Who's uh, like you guys go random? How's this gonna work? We gotta we gotta have some rules set here. We can do Question. random. We can do whatever he wants. Uh, I thought Crocs was gonna say that Wink could pick his team for him. He did say that before. What team would you pick for yourself? What team would you pick for Crocker? Oh, I gotta pick the 49ers, obviously, for myself and for him. We'll do match teams, same team. Oh, okay. One team starts Jimmy, one team starts Trey Lance. 
There you go. He can have the hideous throwback 94 white pant nonsense. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, what, what do you They're think so after ugly. seeing him? Uh, it's better with the Red Sox. Red Sox is key. Better with the Red Sox, I yes. liked him better now than I did in 94. And, and there's the, the numbers weren't as far apart. It just They were well made. They were better made because I, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, some sweatshop spent about five seconds making the, the first ones back in 94. They were, they were much more well-constructed. Uh, in in 2021, so they definitely still look not better. great. I still like the originals, and I still are the originals as far as the 80s, which they've kind of gone back to as their standard uniforms. And then I like the all whites better than the give me than gold the red pants, tops. baby, all day. Yeah, it's gold pants. Gold pants are where it's at. Here's one from, and this I got this one a lot, and this one is from CLT. Frankly speaking. Uh, he says, how petty are front offices? Knowing how the relationship soured between Jed York and Trent Baalke, who is the current GM of the Jaguars, is it possible that the trade was never even available to the 49ers? Do some front offices not do business or have legit beef? Uh, as it, <laughs> Crocker's still pissed about the C.J. Henderson thing, pounding the table. So uh, he's talking about that uh, C.J. Henderson trade with uh, the Jaguars sending C.J. Henderson for peanuts to the Carolina Panthers. What do you think, Croc? Do you think John Lynch called Trent Baalke and Baalke just doesn't want to help out the 49ers and, and isn't answering his calls? Listen, at the end of the day, man, business is business. And we should have learned that with the Washington football thing, right? Where everybody's like, Washington won't trade with the 49ers. Next thing you know, Trent Williams, he's a 49er. And they, I feel like they had way more bad blood between the Shanahan's and yeah, uh, Dan Snyder than mm-hmm. Baalke and Jet York. Because Baalke and Jet York... I, from everything that I've kind of heard, they were like buddy, buddy. Like they like bulky got in really good with them. I think it just got to a point where it's like, hey, I have to let you go. Right. Like we just don't have the success and you're just not doing well, but still love you. We're still buddies. Right. So um, now nah, I, I don't think that there's any like true bad blood between bulky and Jerry. York. I don't know if there's bad bud, but if you're like from either side, if the four, if it's the 49ers trying to deal with bulky and I've seen people say that angle too, or it's Balky trying to make his team better, you're going to make your team better. If the Niners had the best offer, right. C.J. Henderson would be on the 49ers. I just think right. they weren't that interested. And uh, they had to have made a call. Like, Wink, they, they made a call, right? Like, you're doing your due diligence. You need a cornerback. You know this guy who's super talented that was just drafted in the first round last year is available. We've known he's been available for the month for months. The 49ers have been working out corners and have needed corners. They had to have made that call, right? I mean, if somebody didn't make the call and they were supposed to, they're like, oh, no, uh, yeah, I called. He wasn't available. You know, like oh, yeah, Balky didn't answer. Sure? I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. He ghosted me. He, he looked at his phone. He's like, you know, like just sends it straight to voicemail. Or maybe Niners calling like that ex girlfriend. Nope. Maybe Balky, when people are calling at first, is like, yeah, it's gonna take a you know, you have to give us a first round pick or you yeah. have to give us some star player or something. And so and nobody called back, back except for the Panthers and like, all right, how about this? We'll give you a third. You give us a five. Like, ah, all right, we'll take it. Right. So, someone actually kind of played hardball and gave him an official offer. Maybe I have no idea. I, it's it's hard to imagine uh, that the 49ers weren't at least involved or, or made some kind of call and, and maybe just didn't like the price or didn't like the player. I don't know. Uh, well, last... I mean, that's it, too. The Niners don't have a whole lot of draft capital to play with, so maybe they're just scared to pull the trigger on yeah, it. Yeah, maybe they were just like, look, we don't have a first. And well, Actually, they don't have a third next year, come to think there of you it. Go. So they would have might have had to go to a second and get a fourth back. Um, uh, and maybe a future third wouldn't have done it in 2023. So, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about not having a third next year. So maybe the 49ers are just shy from trading picks. But they've never right. been shy about trading picks. Not which I love about them. Last one from Hector. Do you guys think it's time for the 49ers to, to draft their star players in the early rounds instead of drafting players that Shanahan likes? 
What do you think? I mean, <laughs> I don't really like his example because it's like, you know, Debo's having a great yeah, year. His example is like, DK over Debo. His examples should have been um, something else. like Dante <laughs> Pettis. Yeah, Dante Pettis, CJ Beathard, Joe Williams. But it is kind of kind of frightening right now. Yeah. Trey Lance obviously is the future, but he's played five snaps or whatever this year. Aaron Banks has played zero snaps and looked awful mm. in his very few preseason snaps. Trey Sermon, Kyle Shanahan doesn't even like him, I don't think. Um, and they I traded don't up think this is a Kyle Shanahan issue. And Ambry Thomas is inactive too. So your first four draft picks this year are giving you zero. Every, everybody goes to, to Kyle Shanahan, but it's John Lynch. Yeah. Like, like, John Lynch came out and said, I'm in charge of the draft. Uh, Kyle is in charge of the 53 and the personnel and all that type of stuff. Yep. So when it comes to draft, he was like, that's my baby. Obviously, with the quarterback situation, he's going to get a quarterback that Kyle likes. He would be stupid not to. I think the people, the scouts and people in front office know what type of players that Kyle likes. But ultimately, John Lynch has final say over everything with the draft. So, I, I mean, like, I, I think a lot of this is that we got to put some of it on him. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious when there are players that were Shanahan's guys. And I think that's how they're working together is Shanahan says, I like that guy. And so it's up to John Lynch to say, okay, I'm going to get that guy or I'm not. And a lot of times I think he has gone and gotten the guy that, that Kyle likes, including the quarterback this year. Maybe, maybe there's been some talk that maybe Kyle actually liked uh, Mac Jones more and the scouting department liked Trey Lance more. Uh, but like, there's obvious ones like Dante Pettis and Brandon Ayuk. Um, and I think even Mike McGlinchey, although that, I think that seemed like more of a team effort as well. Um, I, I don't get the feeling though that, this year, that their second or third round picks were necessarily Kyle Shanahan guys. It's right. more like Dante Pettis and, and C.J. Beathard and, and some of the guys where it's obvious where Kyle Shanahan has talked about it. He said, yeah, my top receiver was Brandon Ayuk, and the Niners drafted his top receiver. So those are pretty obvious that were Shanahan types. And it, it's it's not just the early picks. It's not all early picks, but there's definitely his fingerprints on certain players. And, and, and also, too, I think we focus more on just the negative, but there are a lot of players that they've gotten good contributions from uh, throughout the draft. So everybody well, just right. focuses on... But that's kind of what uh, what he's saying here is that let's draft good players early too. Because like, man, if you <laughs> hit on those fifth round picks and the first, second, third round picks, oh, then okay. you'd be doing something. Why are we doing this wrong? Why don't but we just we, draft we, all the good guys? They are... They are <laughs> early guys have played well. Like, you know, Nick Bosa, obviously. I mean, but that's number two overall. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey. He has been like, it's not like he's just complete trash. Right. He maybe he's not the best pass protector, but he's a good, he's a good football player. Like he's a good tackle. He's not trash. Yeah, he's like, a starting he's NFL tackle. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. we just can't play this tackle. He was a nice pick. Like they've done well there. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk, he's had a certain level of success as a rookie. And it seems like he might be turning that leaf now after being in the doghouse or not doghouse, whatever that situation was. Um, Debo Samuel. He's played very well. He's second in the NFL on receiving yards, over 300-something yards right now. Like, I don't know, Fred Warner. I mean, I don't know. Like, they, I feel like they've done they've done well. But every team in the league has their hits and they have their misses. I just think, you know. But if you look at the 49ers roster, for the most part, you know, Kyle has had his imprint on a lot of these guys uh, throughout the roster. And a lot of these guys are the highest paid player at their position at one time or another. Teams hit on only about 50% of their 
first rounders anyway, and percentages go down from there. So I right. don't know if it's that the 49ers are that much worse with their early picks or they're just that much better with their fifth round picks, right? I think they're just, it's just skewed because it looks so odd when they keep bringing in fifth round picks who are good and, and are, are lacking with some production from some of their early picks. But yeah, they they do I, I, they need to get better. I think they need to get better in rounds one through three. They sure. they've hit some. They're not garbage. There's teams that have done way worse. But man, especially when you're tra- that, the trade ups are what gets me. And I, I don't <laughs> like this is a big year. Trey Lance that was the ultimate trade up. And even Ayuk now that looked like oh okay maybe this was a good trade up because at the time I was like what are you doing stop trade up it's not working <laughs> and they keep doing it so we'll see. But uh, there, there's. There's a lot to go, especially with the the guys drafted in the last two years. Like those careers could go in any direction. So we really, you know, it's hard to know exactly how those guys are going to look. Maybe Aaron Banks is a a Pro Bowl guard for the 49ers. I have no idea. But we got to go. We're out of time here, guys. Nick, thanks for joining me as always. My pleasure, guys. Croc and I will be back tomorrow. It's already going to be a little crossover Thursday with the hosts of Locked On. Seahawks, Wink, you have a prediction on the way out the door, a little bounce back game for the Niners. The Seahawks will be trying to bounce back as well after a loss last week. Yeah, I want to see a little bit more mobility out of Jimmy, maybe a couple bootlegs, get him out of the pocket, move the pocket around. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I think this is a bounce back. I think maybe Jimmy would look a lot more mobile if he was wearing number five on his back. Yeah, then, yeah. Maybe we see a few more snaps from that yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. I think that's where you're going with that. that <laughs> I think that would be good. Just a few snaps. You don't, He doesn't have to start, but get Trey Lance involved, man. It's exciting every time he trots on the field, isn't it? Let him throw a little bit too, right, Croc? Let him throw. Kids going on. Team's honest. Yeah. Yes, that's that's what it's all about. Keep him honest, and you can utilize that. Right now, when Trey Lance, maybe that's what that Shanahan's playing the long game. He's like, it's I'm waiting for that Seahawks game because I know when I trot Trey Lance onto the field, the defense thinks it's going to be a run play, and it's like a second and three. Then you go play action and you drop it on top of their noggins down the field. Right. That's what he's waiting for. That must be it. That's what I keep thinking. We'll but see it in week four. That's not how it plays yeah, out. And then after the game, we'll I thought like, that was going to happen in week three. So we'll see. <laughs> I thought it was going to happen in week two and week one. I just keep thinking <laughs> that it's going to happen. And it's just like, yeah. Then he comes out. I, and I know we're getting out of here, but I didn't hear him at, going into halftime. But they were like, is Trey Lance going to play? And he was yeah. like, no. <laughs> he yeah. came out the next play. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he said that multiple games now where they ask him. Right. He's like, nope, not in the plans. So Great. we'll see what happens. Croc and I cross over Thursday tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers. See ya.